Welcome to Amazing Mess, where we talk about mom stuff, kid stuff, and life stuff. I am your host, Stacey Nelson, an educator and homeschool mom, reminding you that you are your child's first and greatest teacher. On this podcast, you'll find ideas and activities for learning at home with your kids, practical help and encouragement for motherhood, simple home management, money for moms, and much more. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Welcome to the Amazing Mess Podcast. Good afternoon, guys. This is Stacy Nelson from AmazingMess.com. And today I wanted to talk about the question, how do you start homeschooling? After the why do you homeschool question, that's the next question I get on a regular basis. So this isn't going to be like an in-depth step-by-step list. These are just a few suggestions I have to get ready to homeschool. I know with the pandemic, lots of families are exploring the idea of homeschooling. And so I just wanted to give you some easy ways to get started. So here are six things that I recommend doing. The very first one that I found most helpful was to visit other families that are already homeschooling. Um, If you can, try to visit several families with different philosophies, and you'll soon see everyone has a unique approach and ideas. I think that most homeschoolers enjoy visitors and love to share what's worked for them and what hasn't worked so well. Obviously, you'll need to make your own decisions, but I think it is so helpful to have someone who's already been through those first few, sometimes difficult years to offer advice and encouragement. The second thing I would recommend is to find out the homeschool laws in your state. So every state has made specific laws dealing with homeschooling, and one of the best places to find the most current, up-to-date information is the HSLDA website. I will leave a link to that in the show notes. All you have to do is find your state on the map and click it, and then you'll be able to download the information for your specific state. So we live in Kansas, and Kansas has Um, a homeschool law that basically homeschools are unaccredited private schools. So we have to submit a form every year and we are supposed to be doing um, equivalent work to what the public school is doing. But I know that some other states are quite a bit stricter and you may have to do mandatory testing and some other things like that. So you definitely wanna find out what the homeschool laws are in your state. The third thing I recommend is to research homeschool curriculum approaches. This is what I love about homeschooling. There is no right way to do it. Because I was trained as a teacher, I've actually had to unlearn quite a bit. So instead of making our homeschool into a miniature public school classroom, which I sometimes still have to remind myself not to do, we have freedom to approach education differently. And there are many approaches to curriculum So it can take some time to figure it all out and actually your approach may change over time and for different seasons as well, depending on if you work part-time or um, if you've just had a baby or things like that can make you choose a different curriculum approach for a different year. So here are just a few of the more common curriculum approaches. So the first would be traditional. This would be like a typical textbook worksheet driven approach. 
So it systematically leads children through prescribed scope and sequence. And if you like structure, this may work for you. It may be a little more difficult to do when you are teaching, teaching several children of different ages, or it might not. As your children get more independent, they can do a lot of this um, on their own. You can find some of this kind of approach, say in Abeka or BJU Press or Rotten Staff Publishers. The next approach would be classical. So this approach is based on the educational philosophy of the Greeks and Romans. It focuses on the trivium, the three stages of learning. So the first part the child passes through is the grammar stage. They move on to the logic stage during middle childhood and the final passage is into the rhetoric stage. I always recommend The Well-Trained Mind, Mind, A Guide to Classical Education at Home by Susan Wise Bauer um, as a great starting point to learn more about the classical approach. Uh, the next would be unit study. So this form of education seeks to combine all subject areas into one theme. For instance, your child may be fascinated with butterflies, so your math, reading, art, science, PE all come back to butterflies. I used units quite a bit when my girls were younger, and that is the approach that I use in my preschool curriculum. So it's easy to find things they are interested in and build activities around them. So you might look into something like five in a row or my preschool curriculum, which is God's Little Explorers. The next approach would be unschooling. So this approach believes children are stifled in a school type environment. And so this method relies on a much more natural and a relaxed approach to learning. While implementation of this approach varies from family to family, you can find out more about this by reading the works of John Holt. Um, I haven't really been an unschooler, so I don't, I don't know a lot about this method. Um, I'm sure there are some newer books that you could find on this. Um, I'll see what I can find and then link those in the show notes. Next would be Charlotte Mason. Charlotte Mason was an educational pioneer in Great Britain, and her key ideas were living books, short lessons, narration, and nature studies. You can find out more by going to Ambleside online. You can also check out Simply Charlotte Mason or a Charlotte Mason Companion. The next approach would be eclectic. This approach combines aspects of various approaches. So this is my own personal approach um, and things have changed over the years. So we started with more unit studies and themes and then we went to more Charlotte Mason and then we did some classical. And right now this year we're going to be doing sunlight which is much more um, laid out for me because I am working and also my daughter will be doing some Abeka because she can do a lot of that on her own and go through that. So she's, my daughter will be in eighth, no, she'll be in seventh grade. My youngest will be in seventh grade. So things look a lot different for sure than they did when she was little. She's much more independent. Um, let's see. Number four, I would recommend reading some great books. My very favorite book of all time is Educating the Wholehearted Child by Sally Clarkson. I adore Sally Clarkson and all of her books, but I love this book um, before I had even read any of her other books. If you could only afford one book on homeschooling, this would be my recommendation. I reread it every year. It inspires me and I find something new each time I read it. 
There's a book that I'm guessing is probably out of print, but it was called The Well-Adjusted Child, The Social Benefits of Homeschooling, and it really helped me as I faced that socialization question. It put that question in a new light, and I'm always encouraged when I read that book. So I'll see if I can find it to link to it, um, but there may only be old copies available. Another great book that's currently in print is Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie, and it's just a really encouraging book. It has so many great ideas, and it also helps you realize that other people struggle too, and it will give you lots of wise words to help you along this journey. The fifth thing that I recommend you do is attend a homeschool convention. So if you have the opportunity to attend a homeschool convention, I would take it. However, you might want to take someone with you who has gone before because you will be extremely overwhelmed on your own. The first time I went, I had no idea there would be that much curriculum and resources available, and I felt like running away. So the easiest way to find a conference is to ask the homeschooling family, families in your area if they go to one. If not, of course, you can just Google. But um, I also love the Teach Them Diligently conferences. I think they're very well done. Um, of course, they may not be having any right now since with all that's going on, but maybe there will still be an online conference. Um, I'll take a look at that and put something in the show notes for you. Anyway, I truly believe everyone should attend a convention. The ability to view the curriculum is one big reason, but another great reason is that it's just encouraging and you're also equipped um, by the workshops and guest speakers. At the end of our homeschool year, I'm often tired, sometimes discouraged or burnt out, and attending a conference never fails to reignite my passion for home education. Plus, you get to see how many other families have made the homeschool choice too. And it's, I mean, it's honestly become a huge variety of people that are homeschooling. There used to be kind of a homeschool um, stereotype, I guess we could say, but the last conferences I've gone to, there have just been a wide diversity of people that are homeschooling, from uh, people that are homeschooling for religious reasons, to secular homeschoolers, to people that have just had students have trouble in the public schools, or maybe there's bullying or whatever. There's just a whole wide variety of people that are choosing to homeschool um, now. So I think it's really encouraging to see that when you attend a convention. The very last thing I would say is to find some support. So you'll want to get connected with other homeschool families as quickly as you can, because so often people will feel isolated and start to wonder if they've made the right decision. And this can be challenging, especially if you have family members or friends who are already critical of what you're doing. And you know, I've had some of those people and it makes it pretty difficult when they're constantly coming at you with reasons that why they think you shouldn't be homeschooling. So you can begin to doubt and think it would be much easier to go a different route. But really, if you can find some homeschool friends and a homeschool community, that is definitely going to help you along the way. In many communities, you can find an actual homeschool support group or maybe just a play group or a co-op of some kind. But I highly, highly, highly recommend finding some support on the journey. So 
What other questions do you have about how to start homeschooling? I would love to hear from you. You can always email me at any time at motherhoodonadime at gmail.com. Anyway, I hope that you are having a great summer and that you have a great day and go make some memories with your kids.